Hello everyone, welcome to Platform and Possibilities. I'm your host, Karinje Phipps-Benjamin, and as always, I am so delighted you've taken the time to join me on this platform. Today we feature the first National Calypso Carnival King of St. Kitts and Nevis, Levi Weeks, also known as King Entertainer. To some, he's also called Styler John, and to some, he's known as Monarch. Weeks hails from Kaon in beautiful St. Kitts and Nevis, and he has a special appreciation for the very strict and humble upbringing he had, and he felt a deep love for his mother, who fought with all of her being to give her children a good life despite her circumstances. It was on his trip to Trinidad and Tobago that Monarch truly fell in love with the Calypso art form. Imagine the fire in the eyes of a 15-year-old boy seeing Calypso greats like Lord Rhino, King Fighter, and the Mighty Sparrow rule the Trinidad and Tobago stage. He returned to St. Kitts with a passion for Calypso that would eventually propel him to national eminence. By his early 20s, he was known for writing and singing masterful Calypsos. His hit songs, Judge Calypso and Outspoken, earned him the coveted National Carnival Calypso King title in December of 1971, and of course, he would go on in subsequent years to reclaim the title. For 50 years, Entertainer has gone on to be an ambassador of his native land, proudly wearing his flag of service to others on his chest. He reminds us in no uncertain terms that home is where the heart is, and that he truly, unreservedly loves Senkits and Nevis. Levi Weeks resides in the United States, having had a long and rewarding career as an electrician. We welcome Levi Weeks, the King Entertainer, to Platform and Possibilities. Good evening, Levi Weeks. And good evening to all listening. Welcome to this platform, Platform and Possibilities. I'm your host, Karin J. Phipps Benjamin, and I am extremely delighted that this evening we have the honor of speaking to St. Kitts and Nevis's first National Carnival King, Levi Weeks, who is also known as the King Entertainer also known as Styler John. Entertainer, <laughs> welcome to this conversation that I hope will be enriching, enlightening, informative, so to speak, as we walk with you down memory lane as a national of St. Kitts and Nevis. And in celebration of St. Kitts and Nevis's National Carnival, 50, 50 years later. Welcome, Styler John. Welcome, Entertainer. Thank you very much, and um, to all of my fans and kiddies and, and nivigians out there, I just want to say how happy I am that I could at least relate to everyone what it feels like to be uh, around for 50 years later. And I'm so happy that uh, I get a chance to have an interview that not very often things like this happen. Because scarcely anyone will approach me in a, in a situation like this. So I'm very, very glad for this opportunity that who don't know me before will know me now. <laughs> well said. Well said, Arms. 
Stella John. Stella, you know, you, you hail from the village of Kayon, and I am also from Kayon. And when we talk about where you were 50 years ago in terms of National Carnival, we, we somehow still need to start from where life began for you, which is Kayon. Talk to us about what, before you even got to the National Carnival stage, what was it like growing up in Kayon as a young boy? Well, you know, I always say that uh, if I have a chance to do it over again, I really don't want to be born any other place but Kayon. The same parents, the same neighborhoods, the same friends. I know everybody probably will believe that their friends, the neighborhood are the best, just like everybody believe their mother happened to be the best mother. Same thing I feel about myself because uh, Kayon is a really unique place. You know, one thing, that if, if they know anything about you, they're going to let you know up front. If you want to be mad, you get mad. And whenever they support you, they're behind you 100%. If you screw up, they're going to get, they're going to get at you. And that is the way we go up on the, on the old side. And we project that into our adult life too, you know. So when I first, you know, well, most of us go up in uh, these Christian homes and so on, right? So uh, we used to go to Sunday school. Sometimes we go to two, three different Sunday schools. You get a chance to recite and so on. You get a chance to sing and this kind of stuff. So earlier track, you get accustomed to audience and spectators and so on. So that is where it all began. And then um, as you listen to people, there was one fellow I remember I think he was from Antigua. His name was um, Rudy. He was an old man. He used to have a little guitar, make with a, I think it was a, um, it was a heaven, heaven tin and some nylon cord. And he used nice. to be singing this song, yeah, just three notes, three notes. And you know, from there we start, you know, a little thing. But then things start working out differently for me because we used to hear the, um, the people like Melody and Sparrow and so on used to be competing against each other and so on. And everybody in school used to have their favorite and so on, you know. But then when I was at the age of 15 years old, I get a chance. First time I get a chance to represent St. Kitts. I was one of the lucky ones of 27 hours. Sengis Nibisan Angula went to a, um, a world jamboree and um, I had a chance to see um, people like um, Bueno and Fighter and these guys. This and, is in Trinidad? You know, I decided, well, probably. Huh? Was that in, where was, where was, where was this um, opportunity? In Trinidad? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went to Trinidad, yes. And okay. Coincidentally, it was around the same time of um, the Cal Calypso tent. It was just about carnival time. So okay. these guys just go around there, invited, invited them to come to Val St. Park where he was camping out and perform for us and so on. So that is where I decided, well, look, uh, this is something I would like to get into, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so, so, entertainer, you're 15 years old. Let's go back a little bit mm -hmm. to your childhood in terms of, I understand you're running around with your, your colleagues, your siblings, etc. How many siblings? Oh, well, nine of us, you know, um, nine, nine, nine of us, um, 
I had um, um, five brothers and four sisters. Okay. Yeah. So and, you were uh, you were you were one of the you were early in the pack or middle or closer to the end? I I I happen I happen to be in the middle. I was like the the oldest, the second set of kids my mother had. Okay. So um when when the older ones went off to England and so on, um I remember my my oldest brother. He had said to me, you know, that I have to take over from him because there's nobody else there to, to take care of my mother, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you, could, <laughs> you could imagine them time I was probably about 10 years, 10, 10, 11 years old. And I remember that day I came from the airport and I went straight down to the, to the sea where we used to go down there and swim around and so on. Myself alone. And I sat there and I started crying. Because I miss my brother, and he, you know, he he wanted me you now to be the the, um, the 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 man of the house at the time. And um, every day I used to count on the days when he would come back because he said that he was only going to spend five years there. So anyway, I had to take up that mantle, take care of my younger ones, mm -hmm. and um, from there, you know, something that really gave me some inspiration to for what I am today because um some of the struggle and so on that my mother used to go to I it from that time because I was the one who used to handle all the affairs at the house at the time because she had to be out working. I get home from school at 315 and I have to go and cook and make sure everything is okay. So I used to spend all the money at the store. So I know I used to have to know how to um, run run the house at that time. I must then say. Well, I'm glad that, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that, entertainer, because we, when we hopped all the way up to 15, I was curious about how you were blossoming, and then as a as a young man, and then where this um, inspiration came from to be able to write, and in, and and I know you talked about being involved in res, you know in recitals and concerts, etc. But I wanted to hear the personal yeah. experiences that kind of impacted your ability or, or, or you know, set that uh, ability alight to write music. T mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, um, if you, if you will um, really go back to where, where I started with, with writing Calypsos and so on, and you see the trend of Calypsos that I had written, it all came back from where I, when I say where I began, most of us go poor. I don't think it's a crime to, to be poor. I think it's a, I don't, say, I, want, I don't want to say it's a good thing, but it's a good stepping stone because for you to compete in the world today, you have to know where you came from. And you find that you won, you feel other people's pain because you used to be there. That's the most important thing. And you always want to make sure that what happened to you don't really happen to other people. So you, you find that when I was growing up, I used to always try to visit after Sunday school and so on. I used to always try and visit my old people, um, my great uncle, uh, Mr. Weeks of, of Waterworks. I used to want to hear him tell me all about the stuff and so on that he used to do when he was young and this kind of stuff, you know? And then sometimes when I used to hear my mother talk about things that which he went through before my time, 
you know, I realized that even when I come at that time, it was still a little, little better than, than what, what she had endured. And that is why I always like to cherish the thoughts that wherever you are, you should always try to make it better than when when you when you got here, you should always try to make it better than than how you meet it. Because that I is agree. what the world is all about. Indeed. And because of that, that is that's one of the reasons why most of my songs you will hear is always about the economy and this kind of stuff, because that is how we we will always prosper. I agree. Well said. So so by the time you you write and sing these calypsos, somebody was listening to you. Somebody had an ear for what you were singing, so much so that you ended up in Trinidad. Talk about how the opportunity was actually um, given to you, or you won the opportunity to go to, to Trinidad. You mean like to yeah, you, And you said you were 15 when you went to Trinidad, right? To represent St. Kitts and Nevis on the stage. Um, speak a little bit more yeah. about what that experience was like. Oh, um, well, what really happened? But why not you're leaving any place to represent your people? That is a great, great feeling. Yeah? Great feeling. But you have to be there to prove this for yourself. The first thing you're always telling yourself, you're going out there to represent your country and your people. You don't really want to forget this. So everything that you, everything that you do, you always try to remember who you are and who you're representing. And you always try to be the best person you can. You understand? So whenever, whenever you, you know, you, you, whenever, like when I used, when, when I did went to Trinidad and we got there and, you know, and Tiga, Trinidad, people from Pakistan all about the place. It, it gives you a kind of feeling that you're, <laughs> that here is you're among, you're among the best people in the world, representing a small island, like St. Gisnevis and Anguilla at, at, at the time it was. It's a great, great, great honor and a great feeling. You know, it makes you cherish what you're doing much more and cherish your country much more than anything else. So you went on the stage feeling empowered, feeling proud, feeling ready. Talk about the experience. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, what really happened is that um, whenever, like where we were on, on Sunday, you everybody had to like put on your your um, certain shows and so on, certain shows to represent your country. Like in my case now. I really went and I did two, two short songs, you know, and then what happened? We went as a group. So what happened? We practiced a lot of different sketches and so on, you know, together. We, a lot of sketches and so on. We did together to represent St. Kitts and Nevis. And, and that's, that's how we um, started up. And then afterwards, we went into um, a wider phase where everybody was um, joining together, all the other nations and so on get together at the end of the thing because we were there for um we were there for two weeks at least one week we were you know just to get a feel of the place and then you had to get your programs together because you know you had to really perform anything at all you you like you advertise your culture and this kind of stuff we had that's what we had to do 
to show what we are and they, that we represent the sugar cane and this kind of stuff. And that's what we did. But it was a competition. So were you did you did you and your team win? It was, the... it was really a, it was really okay. a competition. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it was just um a showcase. A showcase, yeah. To show to, to promote your country. Almost like what Carrie Festa is now and the other Caribbean type initiatives where you go and you represent your country. Something yes, like that. Yes. Okay. So so yes, entertainer, entertainer, you 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 go to Trinidad, you feel really excited about the opportunity, right? And at some point you, you come yeah. back home after two weeks. Where is your head in terms of what what else can you can I do? What else are you thinking you can possibly do in relation to what this opportunity, how this opportunity propelled you to another level? Well, first of all, first of all, I have to um, tell you something, you know. <laughs> when I came back, when we came back, I think it was the choosing that we came back. Mm -hmm. And um, so I supposed to go to class, school tomorrow, Wednesday. And I, you know, getting ready that whenever I go to school now, they're gonna call me to for from for them to um, get the experience and so on that I brought forth, you know. And when I got home that night, it was probably about seven thirty the night. I got home and when I opened the door and go in, all I could smell in the house was um something you call berum like the alcohol and this kind of stuff. But I think that was made in Dominica too. And when I go inside the, the room, my mother inside there, and she was sick like a dog. She could scarcely talk. The first thing she said to me, when I, when I, when I said, mom, I'll come back, she said to me, you know something, I want you to go and work for me tomorrow, you know, because I can't make it, I'm very sick. And I started crying, eh? was probably, I, I, you know, I cried because here's it that I can't go to school tomorrow. And here's it that my mother is there dying. And because of that, if she missed that day's pay, she can't do nothing for us. So I, I had to go and work the Wednesday, the Thursday, and the Friday in her, in her room. So I never go to school until the other Monday. But by this time, there was two other guys who were in class with me who went too. So they were the one who went up on the stage and they, <laughs> telling the classes and saw what happened. So by the time I went to school, the Monday morning, I was You still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by, by, Monday, still by Monday, you still entertainer. Yeah. Huh? I said by Monday, you still. Yeah, yeah, my money was still, but then it was still in my head what I learned and how other people operate. And the wall is nowhere around St. Kisnevis and Anguilla anymore. You know, the wall is such a huge, everybody have different opinion, different feeling, you know, they think differently and this kind of stuff. So you kind of get an open understanding that the wall is not as small as you, as you think that it that it is, you know? Right. That is great. The experience people talk about a lot, how important it is to move off the rock a little bit. Get off your 
yeah. comfortable space and and see through the lens of others that exactly. and supposedly would change your perspective on on things in life. So yes, entertainer, yes. you're not 20 yet. This is you at 15, 16, yeah. bearing responsibilities at home, trying to get through school or finish up school while they say at the same time, really being the provider, sole provider for the family. Yes. You continue and, uh, your music. You can't, you can't. Yeah, um, you see, um, in, in, in those days, um, you, the kids of those days in my day, mm. you, never, you never go to your parents and tell your parents, you know, I want to pay of, um, a person <laughs> for the school. You know, you're going with a kind of heavy, a kind of scare because, you know, she don't, she don't, she don't have the money. So most of the time you're going saying, I'm going to help me to get, you know, up here upwards, you know, but I'm mm -hmm. going to go and cut, I'm going to go and cut some wood for the baker. And you get three pennies for the, for the, um, for the bun of wood. Don't care how big you bring that bun of wood because you're small, then you know more than three, pen, three pennies. So you start saving those monies and so on to, to help your mom to give you the pair of sneakers. Which in I find because of that kind of connection, you find that the, the, the kids learn much more how to maneuver their monies and so on whenever time comes for them to go outside there and um, work for themselves and also to take care of their family. Right. You know? Right. So, we, so um, we, we never really had a chance to go and say, hey, mom, you know, they're going out and then the, the, um, the teacher said we must bring a dollar. Mm -mm. You know, you, your mother don't have it. Well, first of all, even before that, I'll tell you something. When I was supposed to go to, to Trinidad, I was supposed to go, we had a, an exam at the um, Defense Force camp. And the, in order to go, we had to pay $2 to go for the weekend for the test. And my mother never had that money. And I, I even carried my teacher on all to talk to her. <laughs> to get her to, to give me the money. She said, Lord, I don't have the money and I never believe her. You know why I never believe her? Because every time that the fishermen go out, go, go out, goes out to, um, to catch fish and they bring in all of these um, And they, 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 they bring these, these um, jacks to sell. My mother would go into the trunk and she would take out some money and give me to go and buy the jacks. And this money smells like camper ball. So I always, I always tell myself that she has, um, she has money put aside, you know? So that is why I used to tell myself at that time that she had, she had some money, but it wasn't because she had money. She had that money kind of for, rainy, for the rainy day, you know? Not, not for your offers. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that was the thing in the day. So. Yeah, your offers wasn't, um, your offers wasn't really for a rainy day. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so at this time, I guess you, 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 you're obviously inspired by the, the art form, Calypso. Mm -hmm. You are. So where, where, where is your head about going 
on a national level or the national scale. How did that present itself to you, that opportunity? Yeah, well, I mean, in those days, um, you it's not like today. And this is one of the things that worries me a lot about Sink. It's and well, maybe unless I send Nevis, but worries me a lot about what's going on at home right now. In my day, you had so many different things. You had the scout troop, you had the boys brigade, you had um brownies, you had girl guides, you had community people, um, you had a committee in the village. You had the choirs in the church, etc. All of these people, groups and so on. You had the Heart and Hand Friendly Society. You had what you call the Black and White Society. So you find that all of these people, they will have their function at different times. They used to have a lot of concerts and so on at those times. And you know, they're hearing about this little boy who does sing and so on. Everybody will come and call and say that. They want me to come and sing if I could come and sing. And I never did tell any one of them no. I did, nobody wanted to know anything about any price, no, nothing. Just want to go on stage and to know you, you go up there and you do a song. So that kind of, I used to be glad for that. And it, any anytime they're keeping any concert shows or anything like that, they will always come and ask me. Or I have another friend by the name of Leo Ryan, we call him the Mighty Snipe. Both of us used to always go to those shows and sing. We look forward for we used to look forward for that. So that is where I get the kind of spring from us to go on stage. And and because of, as I said, I told you about my upbringing, I really always want people to kind of understand what life is all about and um, what you could do to make life better, you know? You know, that's a good point you make about about um, the opportunities that so many people took advantage of then. And in the same breath, entertainers, so we might have to talk, talk it out a little bit here. In the same breath, you mentioned life getting a little better. Now, even in that time when things were difficult for your mom and, 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 and your other brother went off to look in search of a better life, with the supposedly supposed improvement in one's way of life, right? Yeah. Better looks a little different. And this is not to knock on you, your thoughts about the way things are shifting in St. Kitts, Nevis, the Caribbean, the world. It's not to knock that. But mm. through the lens of young people now, they see better a little different to how we see we my my you know my generation would have seen it and your generation but in that in that better for you you know you had people older than you obviously you, you know your um you know stalwarts in your community probably looking at you and 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 saying you know you 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 you, you guys are not acting like in, in a certain way there's a, there's this impression of how you should behave just like how you observe that things yeah. have not gone in the way you think it should go in the yes. islands. What, what, what do yeah. you see better? How do you, what's your perception of better? And what's, what is it we've lost away with by your, um, to your lens? Yes. Um, first of all, um, I must then say that I don't really blame the youth for what's really going on really right now. They're not really responsible because they don't know. 
sound like a joke. They, they do not know. They might feel like they know, they don't know. Nobody taught them anything about this kind of life. Imagine you have parents who will go out of the way to give their kids anything that they might want and they suffer, but they don't even want the child to know that they're suffering. That is the way that they find out that they could love the kid and the kid will, will love them. I can't wait for them to feel that way either. But I know, I always hear people talk about tough love, okay? My mother did not tell me, tell me any time that, oh, you know, John, I love you. Never did say did she loved me. <laughs> Think about it that she don't have to tell me that. What she does there tells me definitely that she loves me. You understand? You don't have to tell a child every day, you know, honey, I love you and this kind of stuff. Maybe in, the, maybe in today's world, because they are looking out for it. But in my day, whenever I do something, I get whooped. And I'm <laughs> angry because I get whooped. But before I go to sleep in the night, I don't start to lay down on my mother's leg again. You understand? And then I start to remember where my stomach hurt. She take the oil from the lamp and she rub my belly. When I got hiccup, she take a mad stick out of the back, she chop it to my head. <laughs> Yeah. If I stomp yeah. my toe, if I stomp my toe, she tell me, come and show me which one of the stones. And she goes, start to take the shoe and start to beat the stone. You know, some people again make me feel kind of comfortable. I start crying. Yeah. The only people who love you do those kind of things for you. Why they have to tell you every day? You understand? And so what happened, I believe, is that because of some of the parents, who feel like that way of um, bringing up their kids is the best way. The children, are to, the children you know, come and have children, so their parents know they continue to do the same thing with the kids. Some of them didn't have any, some of them didn't even have any, any youthful life. Because let me tell you something. When I was a kid growing up, I don't know anything about no going and buying buying any toys to play with and so on. We got to, we got to make we own um, truck out, out of um, the tread wheels and the sandbox cart and this kind of stuff and make sure that you <laughs> keep it well until next year maybe. You make your top, you spin it. <laughs> today. Uh -huh. Yeah, but today for Christmas, a child gets no less than about five presents as average. Some have 15 and 20, but as an average, no child get less than about five presents. But before that day is over, that child get accustomed to those kids. That, that child get accustomed to those toys already and looking for something else. That is the, that is the, um, the apart from the trend, the speed of which the world is going. We have no time to enjoy anything. It might sound like crazy. We have no, look at yourself. I sure by the next time you and I speak, you're telling me about some new thing coming up and, um, you know, boy, this is the latest thing, I have to go and get it. That is how it is. You, you have something for one year, you don't even enjoy it when something comes to replace it. We never had that, I don't know if I must call it a luxury because I think because of that one of these days, we're going to run out of things to love. Oh, when you know the thing, let me, let me, let me tell you something, you know, some time ago, they had put up 
some fencing on George Washington Bridge for the amount of people between New Jersey and New okay, York. Okay, yes. Yeah. All the 25 years, who themselves over the bridge? Because they had everything before they reached that age. Life was not meant to be that. You have to let a child grow. Enjoy all the patterns until they come and realize that some of the things we used to tell me is not true. And they're going to laugh about it and enjoy it and say, look, mommy used to tell me, but they will look what happened. You know, some people say, no, you have to tell the child a fact. You know, they got to be. You see people like Michael Jackson, if you notice how he acted even at the age of 50, he had no child years. You see, so in coming up in those days, back to what we were speaking about, in coming up in those days, you had you had the neighbors, you had your neighbors, you had the law enforcement, and you had your parents to bring you up in your society. The parents didn't do it by themselves. The society, the society that did that, and it's so embarrassing to know that a lot, lot of us had to wait until Hillary Clinton come and write a book about it takes a village. And they said, oh, by yeah, it's true. Hillary Clinton who grew up with nearly everything that they might want, I mean, better than us anyway. And she got to come and write a book to tell us that. If my neighbors and so on wasn't strict with me, I might not be in the man that I end up to be either. Because it's always a temptation to go and do the things that your mother tell you not to do. But if you do it, you know, your name is going to reach back home before you. And this is the kind of thing that we are lacking today. You can't go and tell any any parents to do anything about their kids, and you know the kid do something down the road and so on. No, you can't do that anymore. Now some people might say we go up in a straight jacket, but because we go up in a straight jacket, I I feel to myself I feel satisfied. You see, the most important thing is for you to feel satisfied inside with the way you live. That's me. You feel satisfied with what you do. You're consciously the one that really takes you. That's as far as I'm concerned. And providing, my mother always says that, don't care how bad an individual is, he has a conscience. Don't, don't care what he says. He always have a conscience. And that is the way I feel about life. That's, that's, that's important. That's important to, to have that feeling and to, to be at peace with your, your outlook on life. Based on your experience, that's, that's one of the happiest places to be. I also want to talk, yes. um, entertainer, about you know, you had a, quite a bit of experience as you're now getting into manhood, so to speak. This speaks to how you, you actually wrote your songs at this point, at least by the time you, 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 you touched the, the stage for, national, for a national carnival, first ever in 1971. Would you say that mm -hmm. these experiences, life experiences, were some of mm -hmm. the, were really like the impetus for you to craft the type of, Calypso, you, you crafted? Yeah. Um, well, with, with one exception, with one exception, um, one of the um, most outstanding Calypso that people still talk about is Judge Calypso. And I'll tell you how I came about that. Um, well, the Mighty Snipe, which is a phenomenon, we all grew up together and so on. He was a very, very good singer. And um, well, I went into the statehood competition and I never did place in the statehood competition. And I never really did went into any other competition before the um, National Collector competition. And the reason why that happened is that 
One of those years between, I don't remember. I remember he went and he had a very good performance and they did not place him. And I, I feel like he should have been placed. So, so, so all this time entertainer. This is mm. this is a statehood calypso show in in. It this was is a state yeah, they um, we had we went into statehood in 1967. Seven, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the I think um, the fellow, the mighty Bebo, one of those um, right um, um, where um, what his name again? Um, uh, he's a Bayon, yeah. Bebo, okay. Bebo. He um, he had won that competition. Okay. Um, but I so after that I did not enter. Still continue singing in the in the rural area and so on, which right. and so on. Mm -hmm. I did not really go into any competition, but Snipe went into the competition, and um, that year I, I think that they should have placed him. That's what that's the way I felt. And um, so when the opportunity came for me to go into the um, into the national carnival carnival competition, it was only meant to be a joke when I said I was going in. I never really meant that. Right. And then after I hear everybody meeting me, say, boy, are you going in? And, you know? So I say, wait, boy, so like these people really mean that they should go in. So um, paint, paint for us a picture of 1971, National Calypso Carnival. What is the energy around this first time Calypso show? What is the, what's, what's the, what's the energy of the people? What is the buzz around Carnival? Well, it was, it, it was growing, from from the from the um, from the statehood competition onward, it was growing gradually. I say gradually, you know, until when when they announced that they're going to nationalize the carnival, you had you had much more people came. But I think after that first year, after that first year, Calypso take off with a bang. With the, the um the. The Queen show used to be the star of the show all the time, you know. But then after a while going up there, after 1971 going up there, the Calypso show was almost taking over the, uh, the, 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 um, the, the Queen show. And I believe that is because of the competition that you had between the, the various areas, not even the, the Calypso and summit, but the various areas where you had, um, I come in from the Eastern side over there and you have people from Saddlers and Tabernacle coming into Kayam by five, six o'clock in the afternoon to get to go into Bassett to see the show because mm -hmm. the buses them don't want to go all the way down there to bring people. So they just come by the guys you turn on and that, that time it was only a 25 cent to take you to town. So most of the people, they will have to walk from Mansion and so on and to come to Kayam to go into to the show. And this same thing, a lot of people from this Sunny Point side because you had People like um, Ali, and after a while, you have um, people like Bacchus and those guys coming from that area to compete against the giants in Bastia. <laughs> so, they, and the people from the village coming down, and the people from Newton coming down, and you have a. So it was a it was a clash of um, the different uh, yes, villages and you know location, and I could hear the and the excitement. I could tell. I mean, even how 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 much you are able to recall. Some of the names, that's a good thing, um, entertainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so so that is where it start um that is where it start to excel. But um like the first year, I this after everybody say, you know, telling me, well, you know, 
they hear I'm going in to sing and song, and then I say, okay, you something? Maybe I should do this thing. And I decide, well, if I should go inside here, I don't think I'm going to win. But if I could get the crowd with me, my job was done already. You sang two songs? Once, once the people leave the show saying, oh boy, I like to hear entertainer. He had a good song. I feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to judge people's culture. Eh? Right. Really but on, on competition hard. night, on competition night, how many Calypsonians were singing that that that, uh, that night in 71? How many Calypsonians? Seven. 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 Oh, seven. But, yeah, but here the joke. Um, the um the show the, the semi-final was held the night before the competition, you know. Oh, okay. The semi-final was held tonight. And tomorrow <laughs> night is the, is the competition. That's how we that's how it used to be. You right. have no time to do a lot of stuff between there. Them, them times, um, most of the Calypso you know, sing with um combo bands, mm-hmm. you know, until when Val Maris, well, Val Maris was the first one started off uh, with his horns and so on, mm-hmm. you know, with the Calypsoans. And so it, it, it put a lot more juice and so on to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, uh, to the music. And as you see today, how great these guys become, you know, all kind of music. Now you, I was home. A couple days ago, they had asked, invited me to come home, and we did a show at Cloud Nine or something like that. And when I got there, and I told Ip Isaac, I said, "Look, you got to get me to the band house." He said, "Why do a band house? Don't worry about that, man. Everything gonna be okay, man." And I got down there, I said, "Oh, this." So they asked me, "What beat?" I said, "Look, I get them there on the thing." I said, "Look, I just want when I go outside here, it's like I passed this song ten times with this band. Never see these guys." The only person I knew the other time probably will have been Hicks, but right. never, never fancy guys. And the, the thing went off really, really good that I had to stop it, stop one of the songs and kind of congratulate them the way how they was backing up at the time. That's how far this thing reached, you know? Now before in my time now you say, you say, oh, give me a tune and you go, chunung, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about you know, cards and the twins and this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that should make you feel really good in terms of seeing the improvement in the in the technology and the advancement in music. You should you should feel proud. Oh, to yes, see. yes, yes, yes. I, yes, I tell you, um, um, for any for any parent, father or mother, who enjoy seeing the kids grow up and excel and get better than them, I don't think they have no right to be living. <laughs> You suppose your kids supposed to come a little better than you. Better version of you. And then their kids come a little better. That is how we are going to progress and get a and get a more um, um a more aggressive kind of kind of world ahead of us. If that don't happen, we're gonna be just dormant and circling around. Mm-hmm. So when I see or hear people talking about um parents in competition with the children and this kind of stuff and <laughs> that, 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 that is no good. You know, I really like to have uh, some kids and could sit down and listen to all of them doing something and so on. Who said, me, oh, boy, this is my handiwork. Boy, that's good. See, how I feel about some of these Calypsonian. I mean, they're good. I mean, everybody got the, the, the style of what they want to do. You understand? But to see that even before my time, I must then say, because I should have probably spoken about that even before we reach where we are now. 
because in the early days, when you had people like Saint, you had people like Aro, Mao, you had Antics, you had uh, Harmony, and, and those guys. You had a fellow Zero from Nibis, I don't remember him very well, and, and some, some other newer guys between the Samdopi and these guys, they and Flamingo and all these guys, you know, performed so so well before the, 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 um, the, 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 the 1971 came in. You understand? That is where we that is where I get my fling from, so that I could project something for these other people who come out. That is one of the things I believe that is lacking, that we tend too much to forget our history. We have a problem with history in, in St. Kitts because um, there are a lot of things we don't know. Everybody come and write what they want to write and this kind of stuff and so on. You go and ask anybody about the mighty saint or, or the King Arrow, who, who is one of our greatest ambassadors as far as I'm concerned. They don't know. They don't know about these guys. These guys used to set up their, their, their shows themselves in order, in order to get competition and so on until Bassin Henderson came about and trying to organize these shows for, for them. Without any monies and so on, you find that places like John Gums and so on, these TDC, I mean, Thurston in those days, will put in, put in a bicycle or a stove or a radio. That was the gift pack. And they sing all of these songs to make us happy. And even like Lord Mike's and these guys, one, two, three, they give us a road march and so on. And nobody know about these guys. Who know anything about these steel band men with a string around the neck all day, traveling on our own bastard for carnival. Don't wear a sweat with a towel to keep to keep the neck from being galled. You know, like Abby York and Val Morris and Benders and the Buchanan's and the, the um, Bomber from the Kayon and um, people like Manny and these guys. Nobody know about these fellas, but these are where this thing began. That so the, the, these are cannibal people. icons that we basically yes. have forgotten. Yes, haven't. All, all, all like, all like, all like, um, the, the fellow, the um, um, Major uh, Alfonso came down from, uh, he was supposed to do something with the Defense Force, came down with the ideas of how to put up um, these um, troops and so on together, make costume and this kind of stuff. Nobody ever remember or even talk about these people, Stanley France and all these fellows, come all the way up the night and all these people, um, Robert Moonlight, and these guys, Tota, and those guys, they seem not to remember them. Even some of those, well, I heard they had something the other day about the, some queens. I don't know how far back they went, but nobody seemed to remember from the Bagnalls them come all the way down to um, the girl Brooks, who was the first national um, carnival queen. Nobody know, you go in the school and you ask anything about this kind of culture, they don't know. These and and, 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 and uh, with all due respect, uh, I, I don't think it's, it's fair to say that nobody know, right? But I think it, we really don't know enough or we don't share enough, especially with our children, educating young, young people about the history so that they could 
appreciate where we are now and understand it. Well, in appreciating, they would then understand the, the, the trials, um, you know, people before us, before you, or while you, you, you know, you came on the scene, the kind of um, challenges you guys, you know, so many people had to, had to overcome to get us to where we are 50 years later, right? So, so, so therein lies an opportunity to really um, you know, challenge the power structure um, in relation to National Carnival, in, in relation to our history. Uh, and again, I, you and I don't know all of the initiatives that have been advanced with a view to educate young people, educate our communities, but that there could be more done. I think is is a is a given. And I mean, there's so many people culturally savvy and and really conscious who have done who have spearheaded several initiatives. I mean, you know, took a call names and leave out some people is always you know <laughs> is always a little slippery slope to to go down. But look at at um, Zach Nisbet. I mean, he has tried yes. in so many ways yes. to yes. keep that flame alive, yes. and they're like you know, like-minded nationalistic thinkers who really try to push, you know, the, the awareness agenda. But, but until it becomes, you know, compulsory learning, um, it, it's likely to evade us and, and escape our young people, right? Um, you know, we learn some things at home, entertainer, but there are a lot of things in a structured setting. If that isn't taught, we stand to lose as a people and who we lose is our children, our culture, our traditions, because if they don't seem, you know, nothing in it to embrace, that's where we lose, right? And, and it's sad because where are you going to start now? That's a problem. I mean, you, 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 you are the Christian. I mean, I, I got to put this to you now. Where are we going to start right now? So because some of the, the, the people who are we looking forward, the people who we are looking at now to push our culture forward, their parents did not taught them anything like what we're talking about because maybe the parents before them never really did say anything because they take all of these things for granted but like i told you when i big when life began for me the kind of experience and so on i tend to go all the way back and i remember when i used to ask my sister violet she's four years older than me so when I was small, every time Christmas passed, I will ask her, how many days before Christmas again? And she would tell me, 364, 360. Every man I get a boy, how much? 350, 345. So she used to be telling, until then I forget about it. Because then, you know, Easter going to come and August going to come. You're a little kid, you know? But you're so intense, want to see these things happen again, where all of these people try to make you happy, you know? All of these people, so much people from me, this in particular, will come down every year, you understand? To make you enjoy yourself. All kind of different angles, um, platting the ribbons, the masqueraders and these kind of, Sonny and all these guys and and um, and, and, and Freeman, well, they, 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 um, they, they named something after him, they, you know, in 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 um gingerland something all of these kind of stuff and so on people i cherish it and i'm saying that everybody not gonna be like me 
But at least if you had maybe have the people who really think like me, I think that the culture will have been going on and on and on and on. But if you look at what is happening today, I'm quite certain what you're going to hear in the next couple of days is from maybe 1971 and to our present day. And a house ain't started building the year. You got to put on foundation first. You got to, and, and you got to let your people know. We didn't just drop out of holla hard tree, like they say. They had people before us who sacrificed. And we not, and not even talking about sports, so. But even in our everyday thinking, you look at a sugar, a sugar cane field, and you know one man ball up, and he had this spear, about 19 pounds or so heavy, bam, and put the plant in, bam. And you look at one and say, look at that one man, the handiwork, and the whole field of cane come from this one guy. And this guy's gone without any kind of recognition, not even a proper meal sometime. These are weird things start from to make us what we are today. And I think it's, that is why I always believe in this kind of giving back. Whatever little you could give, because people have done tremendous things so that you could enjoy what life is now today. And they had, they had done that for nothing at all. Right. Well, you know, it's so funny. You know, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about how important it is to tell stories about your community, about your, your history. Uh, but if we don't feel so moved, entertainer, so committed, that history will continually be lost. And, and, and you, you know, when you lose your history, you, you lose your sense of self somewhat. Right. But the, the, the hope is that that more people think like you um, commit to initiatives that really drive the information sharing that has to that ought to trickle down to our next generations through education and that those who contributed um, entertainer are not forgotten. I mean, it feels like it hearing you talk is really, it makes you think how unfortunate that we missed the opportunity to, to really salute our contributors to National Carnival, to not just Carnival, but to our history. So we missed the opportunity and we have to ask ourselves. And I don't think we miss the opportunity in every instance. Eh? I mean, I still believe in us, in our people. I still believe that there's something we get to salvage. We have you. There's so many other icons like you. There's King Ellie Max. We know how he has put our um, culture, our history on the world map. And there's so many others, the Star Shields and the, um, even the young upcoming artists who, who pay homage to the stalwarts of, you know, who, who journeyed in the Calypso realm before they did. Because there are many who still give credit and give you know, mass kudos to the trailblazers, right? It's just for us to find a way, I believe, from what you said and from the little I know, to make it, and I don't want to say mandatory because mandatory is a stressful piece of word for a lot of people these days. But I do believe it should be, um, you know, um, 
learning that is, you know, fundamental learning that should be passed on to our young people. And yeah, I think. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of um, and there's a lot to really go around. Everybody, everybody have a part to play. Um, everybody has to contribute. Right. That's how we used to be before. Mm -hmm. We want it to happen. We cannot stop the bleeding, really. We could, we could slow it down. We could slow down where we are going and let people understand what life and enjoy people and respect people and mm -hmm. understand what people before you went through. Because that is what we are here for. Right. So that when we part this place, it's going to be better than when we everybody should think that way if you if you cannot contribute to make this place better then i don't know if it really makes sense for you to call yourself a citizen or any country but then you have a lot of people who like that you know i speak to a lot of them and i hear a lot of them a lot of people tell me certain things i do not want to really tell you here i don't because i'm so embarrassed with something that some people tell you and they say they didn't get nothing there, we never get nothing here, and this kind of stuff. And they, you see, because everybody look at maybe getting a lump sum of monies and so on from a country, mm -hmm. and this kind of, they don't understand what it is, that everything that your neighbor, everything that your neighbors did for you, your parents, your teachers, your ministers of um, religion do for you, that is from your country itself, right. you know? That is from your country, say, we ain't talking about not even the soil and what is soil produced, but that is from your country, yourself. and you get that free. Free, mm. you get it. You understand? So whenever you go abroad and you come back and you go and you get your master's and say, me ain't gonna go back there because I have this and so on. You, gotta, you forget where your foundation come from. You did not just go back. And this is something that we got to understand. Everybody ain't gonna love the country like, everybody's not gonna love the country like. Everybody's going to go abroad and so on, and they're going to see life much better and so on. But for every time that you you make a step to, to make yourself much more comfortable, you should love your country much more too. Because you got to say, well, if it wasn't for my country, I would not have a chance to. Some people say, well, boyfriend, if I never come out and down there, well, I'll <laughs> yes, it's really true. But that's, this is where it all began. This is where it all began. You understand? Yeah, I kind of like that theme, entertainer. I like I like that theme. Um, where it all began. It all began yeah. in St. Kitts and Nevis. And in, in spite of and because of we are who we are, St. Kitts and Nevis, you know, descendants of you know our ancestors, our ancestry, we know, we we understand how we have come uh, through the thick of it uh, as as nationals of the of the federation and um we really ought to hold saint kids close to us not just for what we think we can get but because of who we are i think yes of course yeah and, and, and you see uh, that's another thing again with us is that um we think it's a nevis is always been one place as far as i concerned you can't call a single bit of call nevis just some malicious I use the word malicious. There's some malicious people who came by in the earlier days who want to 
put something between the two islands. It just cannot happen. Because my mother is from Gingerland in Nevis, you know. And my father is from Zion, I mean, from Mount Lily. So all of them land you hear them talking about up there. All of them land belong to me too. You understand? So when people are gonna to want to separate and make the difference, there's no difference between us. And and a lot of people who was who supposed to be so intelligent seem to take the thing and package in it, you know, and trying to separate. There's nothing to separate. There's nothing we are, we are one people. We are one people. Nobody's supposed to get the entire boat of this and that. Yes, some water get, get us, us, yes. separators, right? We are, we are one, we are we are one people. Water divide Manhattan and and Brooklyn too. But we, we are one, we are one, we are one people. You understand? So why do I say for one to say for the next? Other people will come in because of what position or what they are in and they will make a lot of noise and so on. But for me, there's no difference between as far as I'm concerned. You know? So as and as as one nation, we should always try and focus and get by together. I agree. Now, what do you foresee as we start winding down, entertainer? What do you foresee for National Carnival, 50 years out, as it relates particularly to Kaiso? Um, well, as we always say that Calypso is the mouthpiece of the people. And so in St. Kitts and Nevis, I know there's a lot of our Calypsonians. They really go outside sometime and they perform, try to explain to the people and what's going on and, and so on. I like that. I like anytime you're gonna do anything around that, you, you should have some, you should have some people who are gonna sing smart and jump up here and jump up there because it was a part of carnival, but you could put it in a way where you could make some sense and so on that people could learn something too. You understand? Because we are trying to compete with the rest of the world now, you know. Forget about the carnival by itself, but we as a people, as a nation, we are competing against the world. We want people to come and invest. You know, we want to be at our best behavior. You understand, we want to encourage people to come in that we could make some monies and so on. At the same time, we have to try and educate our people to compete with some of these people coming in and making themselves at home. We have to make sure our young people are being well-trained to compete with these people because we don't really want down the line, we start making noise. Oh, what you do here? Because this is my land and them kind of stuff. When you're not, we were not properly prepared. Get a skill. Go to school because most of those people coming in, as you see, they are very skilled people. At least, even even though they are not very skilled, they have much more skill than some of us at home. You understand? I mean, look, there's no way running about. There's no way running around it. We just can't get around it. And somebody has to talk about it. Somebody has to talk about it. Especially our young men at home. We are, we are to get somewhere to get these people to understand what life is all about. Because if you're not, if you're not properly prepared, you cannot go in any society and survive. 
Because whenever you go abroad, the money is always there. But they're telling you, you have to work for it, you have to own it. You understand? Now we have a kind of, we have a kind of way of living at home, where the government or anybody will hire you. And you work there for 23 years. What you do about it? You know, all I do is open and shut the gate a morning time, you know? Yes. But this man has to make some monies. He has to make money from that gate closing and opening to pay you a part of it. And another part to be paid again when something goes wrong and something to put there when you're sick. If that closing, if that closing the gate and so on, can't bring in those money, it don't make sense for him to be working there. And I think a lot of our young people have that kind of mentality that they're working. And well, when the weekend come, I have to give them a pay. No, no, no. Right. You have to be able to. You have to be able to pay yourself. You pay your boss. And you got to be able to pay your insurance and so on. I'm the same one job. Not you sit down there and someone else go and do all this load of work and so on. And then from another, let's say from another, from another department and took over your department. I think that's nonsense. Yeah. Whenever that starts to happen, it's time to close down, man. Those days are gone. Those is a gone. If you want to have, if you want to compete, because the same people we go to some of them to come and help us and ask for things. They people doing the same thing, you know, trying to help themselves and help, they, by helping yourself, you're helping your country. Nobody, nobody's telling you to work for free. Nobody's telling you to work for free. They might ask you to give them eight, eight hours work. But if you give them, if you give them seven or six and a half, it's kind of good, not, not four mm-hmm. or not three. Because you're getting paid for it. Because when you go outside there, you can do them things with people, you know. And we got something, we're glad to go there and work 10 hours to get eight hours pay. So, so if you could do that over there, why you can't do that for yourself, for your country? That is why I think we have to prepare our young people. I don't think our young people, most of our young people, or maybe you knew the word most, some of our young people are not prepared. They are not prepared to take on responsibility and to 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 uh, to, to set up themselves with families and so on. They are not prepared. And the only thing could happen there is that those kids that those people are getting, they're not going to come up to anything because the finances may not be there to even give them a proper education. Because the parents or the, the father, he didn't want to do anything. He just sit around the place and this kind of stuff. What's going to happen to the child? What is going to happen to that child? There's some of the things that, you know, a lot of times things happen and it's only because of, um, I must then say, pressure. You know, you may not have want something happen, but somebody died. And because somebody died, you realize, boy, you know something? I see what happened to this guy where he died, so I don't want these people to do that anymore. And you're going to kind of, um, educate these people towards not doing what this fellow doing, this kind of stuff. But somebody had to sacrifice sometimes. So that is one of the things I believe that is happening at home that I'm very concerned about because what is going to happen from here on in is that we are going to get more and more populated. I personally believe, I don't know if I should be saying this, really, but I don't think that we have enough people in St. Kitts and Nevis. The more people we have around these places, better it's gonna be for business. 
when these guys go to university and come back, they don't have to wait on the government to get a job. Because there's so much people, somebody went wrong, somebody's gonna get themselves in trouble, they want a lawyer here and this kind of stuff. But if you only have just a few people and they come back and you have four and five, six engineers sitting down there, I want to know, could anybody tell me the reason why we have five or six engineers in one field for what? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's an entire other subject, right? Another conversation. We could have a whole other conversation with regard to um, having so many resources and, and not a lot of the well, opportunity. Yeah. So, so back to what we were talking about, that is some of the stuff and so on that a lot of our Californians should kind of look forward to. If they, if they, be, if they say they love their country that much, and whenever you sing, you give solutions. Okay. You know, you don't, you don't criticize. You give solutions where you think could happen, you give your opinions. Right. Well, we do have some challenges in terms of where the, this particular 50th anniversary carnival um, package will go. What, what, what is it that the uh, entertainers will provide for us, given the, uh, at, at least up to the time of this conversation? You must have heard that there are some challenges in in terms of the ability of Calypsonians to sing. So it now is a case where I believe um, participants need to be vaccinated, fully vaccinated to participate. So that will change the dynamic some. That has obviously struck a nerve with some some Calypsonians. That again is part of the social commentary. People will be including in their songs. Some have vowed yeah. to, to to who are vaccinated have vowed to. To um sing this their this their you know sing their thoughts on the whole pandemic issue and you know those are a lot of um other issues within the whole conversation of um of the, the this particular fiftieth anniversary during a pandemic right mm -hmm. so so there are some things that still need to be ironed out they are this this again is going to be historical carnival because it it is also um, a streamlined, uh, somewhat um, scaled down carnival, and mm -hmm. but there's still the uh, you know the the whole objective of growing the carnival package, growing the carnival experience, and making us you know having us somehow placed on this world map of carnival spaces to go into um, year after year. So we we on entertainment yeah. we still have our challenges, right? But we know that from yeah. what your experience is. We, we have to capture or capitalize on an opportunity or many opportunities to, to speak to what was before, where we are now, how do we see ourselves beyond today? Mm -hmm. So. Um, um, well, first of all, I, um, let's say with the Calypso men, they are going to really sing on what they, and they believe what they believe, but you got to remember two things. If you're a strong believer in something, you're going to explain to the people and why, why you feel that way. But at the same time, you have to leave yourself open because someone else might have a different opinion. Like we're talking about the vaccine and so on. And some people may not want to be vaccinated because they don't believe in it. They don't know what they're taking. And some people saying, and some people say, no, oh, it's the best thing for you to do it. Because if you do it, you're going to live long and this kind of stuff. Well, um, I am on, I am on the side of the doctors, huh? 
I, I am undecided the doctors. And um, if I was really supposed to compose a song on that, I will of really go down that path and try to encourage the other people, give them the reason why I feel that way, that they could come and join, rather than to just ignore and just there is a case of who outstop out and who who ain't stopping kind of case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you gotta encourage them. You know, you give them certain things in that song that will make them feel you know, something. I think he's right because you know this morning a piece of chicken down there. And I don't even know if the chicken is about four, four months old. Maybe the chicken, maybe the chicken is only three weeks, you know, and they chose something like to make it swell up. But yet, but you, you go and I need it and you don't know. You understand? And let we now start to question the people who been doing this thing for 200 years, you know, and just improving on these things to where we are today. And we really, we really don't believe them. But at the same time, you got to respect people for what they believe in. You understand? Okay. And I'm not here to tell them to discard anybody because they don't want to, they don't want to do it and this kind of stuff. As far as the motivation and so on, this is really led by force. The, um, this, this epidemic we have now is a real led back because as far as I'm concerned, everything was on the everything really was on the up. You had a lot of young people who participated and so on, much more than before. You understand? And um, I guess that dampened, that dampened the whole thing. Now, whenever this thing is over completely, we are going to find ways and means how to get, because you remember, you know, the people who played mass 17 years ago, they may not, and they started like when they were 20 years, they feel to the same, boy, I can't really go outside, they will jump up anymore. Because look, two things have changed. Huh? Even the music nowadays, if you notice, and we have something now at home, the brand they are selling out here now. They call the what? Why did the Wilder, the Wildy or Wilders, 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 Wilders. And you are going to ask people who are about 45, 50 years <laughs> Wilder. You, 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 you're going to get the doctors them a lot of money and this kind of stuff. <laughs> so this, this thing here now put a dump and everything now because a lot of these young people now. I mean, we're gonna be getting older. We don't know how long this thing's gonna last. We don't know how long this thing's gonna last. And um, yeah, mass gatherings will become um, will always be be a little bit of an unsettling feeling for for many people. The, the mass, I mean, like you know, our carnival, our juve morning, is you talking thousands of people, tight space, sardine yes. can, you know, sardine can packed. Yes. It, it, it might take yes, some time yes. before we could get back to that. Yeah. Yes, so there's gonna be a gap. That we going to try and, 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 and fill. So I think now we have this um the way we have in the calypso on. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think that is a good thing. Just not to let it die just like that. And still go outside there and um still perform yeah. even though you don't have an audience. Yeah. I think that that is a very, very good thing. I think they're doing that. Look, I think that they're doing a tremendous job. You understand? And um I think that we we I think that we we are we are on the we are on the right path when you come around. I, I can't do anything about, um, but like I said, this the type of music because that is what the people them like and so on. Yes. Why they had gone, where we used to, we used to just lock arms. each other and we going Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And then we, when we done, we go all the way down by the church and we, and we finish down there and we sing in either back to back, belly to belly, or one to three, or then, I mean, if, if we're ready, we, we, go, we come down towards it like we're crazy. 
You know? The pace pick up a bit. The pace pick up a bit. The pace pick up and entertain Those days are long gone, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. now, uh, this, this, I just have to really admire them, what they're doing, and just hope that they're on the right path because, I mean, these people are thinking differently to us. I mean, yeah. a lot of this stuff, I tell them old time things as far as they're concerned. Yeah. I used to say the same thing about my mother, them too. Right, How they leave them time like that and so on? You know, and the yeah. same thing happening now. They said, they said, yeah, I'm the little pig, I got the big pig, you know. What make him out so long? Big, and the little pig had to say what? Weird time, weird for time. Yeah. It's a cycle. It's called life. It's a cycle. The old becomes new again. And yes. then, you know. Yes, yes. Because we, but, we had made changes, you know. We had made exactly. changes. Exactly. The DP made the changes. The Rastafarians come, they make changes. Everybody, you know. We're not nobody. Yeah. I hope anybody who listened to this interview don't feel like I want the world to continue the way I saw it. Right. In the early days. But if to I capture to a lot changes. of what you talked about, to capture a lot of that, people have to be motivated to want to document the history. Because you talk about that, and that's true. But there has to be a motivation to share oh, with yes. an elementary school child in 2021. There has to be that motivation to ensure that yes. this this is what teach children are here about. In high school, in terms of the history and the connection, that, that somebody has to be motivated, yeah, um, yeah. entertainer, to teach it. So yeah. it's not to discount it. We get that, and not to say that people it's not taught now, but it must be compulsory learning to make connect yes. the dots. Yeah, That's how you connect the dots. And and you could you could um we could do a much better job if we take it uh parish by parish. Or, or school by school, villages by villages. Because there's some people who may be living in a village that are here to those people living there, but then they, they may not meet the criteria of being a hero for the for the whole country. It's a very good idea. You understand? And it's a very good all idea. these people who up to you, you never did hear about them. You understand? But they are heroes in their own right where they I mean, you go and ask anybody now, even in Kayon about Iceman. They say, who? They want to know who this Iceman is about. Right. You know, they, they don't know. Because it, they, they, there's nothing, no, there's nothing put aside to say, well, this guy was a good cyclist or a great cyclist, whatever you want to think about him, you know. Right. So I think once that done, once we get something like that done in the villages, we'll have a much better arm. Much better society. It's a good model to start with. You start close to home. Yeah. And you you know, that, yes. I like that. That's that's a good suggestion, entertainer. Very mm -hmm. good suggestion. Very good. Well, entertainer, listen, we could talk for over another hour. <laughs> this has been very enlightening. Um, and I do feel honored. I feel honored um having this conversation with you because I know that this is a, a, a an, an historical time in, in the history of St. Kitts and Nevis, specifically with, in relation to carnival. And, and you, you could see there is a change, you know, wind of changes is blowing because of, of the pandemic. And for you to take the time to have a conversation in light of the 50th anniversary celebration, I really can't say thank you enough. Uh, I feel like I'm part of what you just talked about, you know, crafting the history, documenting the history. And this is uh, an, an historical documentation, which I appreciate you taking the time 
to ensure we, we've been able to capture today. Yes. Thank you, entertainer. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for um, giving me the opportunity to um, to talk to the people of St. Kitts and Nevis. I mean, that is where my home is as far as I'm concerned. They say home is where the heart is, and that is where my heart is all the time. Whether anybody want to believe it or not, I wait on the sleeve as far as I'm concerned. Yes. And when anybody asks me where I'm from, and they're making this way from Jamaica, they got to say, no, 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 no. I got to take some time out to let them know. <laughs> and who we are. You understand? So I am very, very proud to be a saint. It's a nearest man as well. Because saying it's a nearest. God bless the state. Yes. Thank you, entertainer, for your, you for your patriotism. Thank you so much for your commitment. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We appreciate you. Happy holidays. Thank you. And I hope everything might go up well for you in the coming year. Yes. And, um, and, and I, I am hoping that I might um, get a couple more days. And um, I am about what, one and a half week ago, I was 76 years old. Yes. So Belated birthday greetings as well. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Entertainer. Bye. Have a good dawn. Good to hear from you and all good the best. Man. You take care. Take care. Okay. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Plat and Pass. That's P-L-A-T-A-N-D-P-O-S-S. On Facebook, we're also at Plat and Pass. Our email address is platandpass at gmail.com. You can call us at 516-584-3884 or you can simply leave us a voice message right here on Anchor. Goodbye until next time.